welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday monthly from 1 to 2 p.m., Aetherius Radio Live is hosted by the wonderful Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. They always have an amazing show prepared with wonderful topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and more. They invite you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. So without further ado, I give you your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you very much, Courtney. Hi, Chrissy. Hi there, Richard. Well, this is um, a joyful show today, isn't it? Oh, it's exciting. It really is it's exciting. exciting. This is cos- yeah, Cosmic Masterclass number four we're on now, Divine Inspiration from Jupiter. Absolutely. And we love to talk about the planet Jupiter and um, its influence and the wonderful cosmic beings from this planet which we're going to talk about today yes and our, our main source for this is the being referred to as jupiter sector 92 who communicated through dr king certainly from 1956 onwards and uh, even many many years later in 1988 was there was a communication from this extremely prominent intelligence it's interesting Chrissy. you know i was talking to Dr. King in 1988 about the fact that some of the early communicators that he was channeling in the 1950s I refer to Mars Sector 6 obviously the Master Etherius Mars Sector 8 General Information as he was called and Jupiter Sector 9-2 turned out to be some of the greatest and most advanced masters in this solar system yeah absolutely incredible uh, you know, they weren't, I mean, there isn't any such thing as a master in this solar system who isn't advanced by our standards beyond right. this planet. Um, but these turn out to be some of the most prominent of them. Jupiter Sector 9-2, for example, and this wasn't revealed until 1988, um, is actually described as controller interplanetary confederation. And, of course, the interplanetary Incredible. confederation is another term for interplanetary parliament. Um, so that makes him exceptionally prominent. We don't really know what exactly he would be to hold a position like that. It's wonderful in this monthly show, I think, to, to remind ourselves, to remind the listeners that you know we're certainly not alone on this planet, and these wonderful, mm. spiritually enlightened, incredible intelligences are here on this earth actually some of them helping us but have been coming for many many centuries and this is what we focus mm-hmm. on in this monthly show and, and this month is the joyful uplifting inspiring energies of, of this very highly elevated and prominent as Richard said being Jupiter 9-2 that's right and of course he picks out one of the many things that they've done is to um send their music energies to this planet and he says an appreciable number of the great musical compositions um, of this world uh, are a result of the impregnation from Jupiterian energies 
Yeah, and I have to say to people who don't know that Richard is a musician and studied music at university and uh, has sort of not, dealt not a lot a with the Not a particularly good years, one now. In a I am very in interested in music and I have a deep love for it, but I wouldn't claim to be a, a great musician at the moment because I'm very, very out of practice. I'm not saying I ever have been, by the way, but uh, I certainly love it. And I can recognize, and we're going to talk about the spirit of the transmissions that come from Jupiter Sector 9-2, and I feel I can recognize that spirit in certain compositions. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll, as 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 listeners will hear as we go through this uh, this broadcast, I don't know whether we'll fit all this into just one, or whether there'll be a part two to, to, to this, because it's quite a vast topic and a very unique one. I mean, the masters yeah. from Jupiter are different. They have a, a different stamp and a different approach, one that is greatly appreciated uh, by the other cosmic masters, not only in this solar system, because one of the things we're told that Jupiter is, is the reception center. So um, visitors, ambassadors, if you like, come from many solar systems and beyond probably this galaxy, and they will come to Jupiter. And gosh, from all that we've heard, you can't blame them. They, it sounds like an absolutely wonderful, wonderful civilization uh, to visit. It really does, and uh, there's quite a lot of information on in the book Life on the Planets, which is available on Ethereus.org, and I think I believe probably Amazon too, um, if people mm -hmm. wish to look at that. I, I just yes, want there to is. Richard, and, um, in in, yeah. a, in astro astrological terms, the influence of the yeah. planet Jupiter, this largest planet, of course, is it's interesting. You said oh, this may take two shows because it is one of expansion, and yes. it's that influence in our charts, which. Uh, kind of impels us towards our highest aspirations. And um, mm. everything about the planet Jupiter and astrology is about growth, about reaching up to that higher consciousness and moving mm -hmm. us towards, you know, um, a, a, a God, if you like. And uh, mm. it manifests in different ways, but that, that's really what it's all about. It's forever, it's a moving energy. It's kind of forever moving us upwards. And we'll, we'll see interestingly in these transmissions that this kind of theme uh, goes through them doesn't it Richard it does it really does mm. and uh, that's that's fascinating Chrissy and completely in tune with the message which we get from Jupiter sector 9-2 um, and and it seems that they are just wonderful wonderful beings and the sense that I get uh, from them is that um, they are just uh, you know, we often say that we are the sort of, the, the, we definitely are the backward, the kindergarten, worse than the kindergarten, really, the sort of delinquent classroom of the solar system, and that we're absolutely barking mad compared to the other planets. But when you hear from Jupiter, this really comes over. There's great compassion there, but they're virtually looking upon us, it seems to me, as being utterly, utterly ridiculous in a way that is incomprehensible to them as to why anybody would behave the way we do and just saying, really saying, come on now, you know, you don't have to do this. Rise up. It's almost, I don't say it's easy to do, but it can be done. Yeah, yeah. It's a constant appeal to us to, just to listen I'm to sorry. our better natures. I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. I beg your pardon. No, no, no. You go on. Um, no, you go no, on. No, I was saying... And, these beings, they, they don't mince words either. The great no. compassion 
that really touches your heart, but also an understanding of, of human nature and how, on all the mistakes we've made over many centuries, and still this compassion and desire for us to reach upwards and really it's, mm-hmm. it's so simple in a way it, when we we mm. hear them and we will very soon uh, there's a, such a simplicity it does it, and yet at the same time um yeah. it's, it's kind of a real you know it makes you really think it really it's they have a way of putting things very simply and yet very profoundly it kind of moves you I yes think, indeed you indeed in fact simplicity is one of their things isn't it and they can't understand why we complicate things at all in the way that we do and just before we get stuck into those um those transmissions and there aren't lots and lots of them we're going to be going through four uh in this in this uh, ethereus radio live program or possibly running into the next one we'll see how we go um and those are the main teaching messages that uh, we have been given but in addition to those as you say there is in life on the planets um, a, quite a, a description of of what sort of beings they are and how they live. And in fact, uh, those who are in the London area or can get to London, there's a lecture here given by my colleague Mark Bennett, who uh, co-authored two books with actually. And he's giving a talk, What Are Extraterrestrials Really Like? And mm. he's assured me that he will be touching on several, of course, uh, civilizations, one of which will be Jupiter. And I think that will be fascinating for those who can get here to the Aetherius Temple in London. But let's oh, just, shall we just sort of explain a little bit about the Jupiterians uh, before we get into these transmissions from Jupiter, Sector 9-2? Oh, yes, good idea. Mm-hmm. So they, their main um, focus, we're told by them, is on energies and the use of energies, and they and they manifest and work with those energies in three main ways. We're told one is sound, or if we what we would here call music, another is color, and the third one is perfume. And they they see these as energies. They don't sort of have orchestras. They manipulate magnetic energies, which are, are converted into sound creating beautiful what we would call symphonies and also that there's an interrelation between those energies so that you can uh, you can virtually see the color of the sound as well and virtually they their interest is in sensitization they have virtual sensitization chambers so that even visitors from other worlds can go to these and they are made welcome one thing they don't believe in at all is possession they have no money. They don't have politics per se. They don't even have machinery on Jupiter, which might make them different from certain planets. Um, they say that they will create machinery um, should a particular visiting race need it. They don't need it. They can do it through uh, uh, the metaphysical feat of transportation through mass. But certainly if, if they have visitors who require equipment or machinery uh, to move about they will create it for them as soon as they leave these visitors then they'll think it out of being immediately they don't want any um, possessions or things that have no use Mm. it's it's, it's just a wonderful yes it's a wonderful concept and each of these planets although they work together in complete harmony one with another for example the martians who are extremely technological in a way that we don't wouldn't understand technology at all they will build uh, spacecraft or satellites for the jupiterians 
and in return the Jupiterians will send their wonderful energies to help the people of Mars, which would be music, perfume and colour energies. And there's this, this perfect reciprocation and working together, but they are different, they are distinctive. Uh, Venus, for example, we know are the teachers. Uh, they're, they're great teachers. They have different characteristics. Um, one thing that, uh, that the Jupiterians really do appreciate, they tell us, are those people who really praise God. And if people really praise God, they will stand by us, including on this earth. They make that promise uh, to people mm -hmm. both incarnate and not incarnate on this earth. And in fact, even if uh, people suffer for praise, for praising God, they will stand by, the, or anyone who does this. It's one of the things they will do. Um, and there's this constant theme, as, I, as you were touching on, Chrissy, of, of asking us to, to control, bring about control, and rise, rise up, raise the energies. They're not about um, sort of an inactive, if you like, still meditative culture they may well i'm sure they must have mastered that uh, but they are about expression mm. they're all about what comes over to me anyway chrissy is expression so it's not so much an, just an awareness of divinity or even a knowledge of divinity or even an, a oneness with divinity but it's an expression of divinity an active mm. manifesting expression through energy and they also, um, they don't need to eat, as many of the cosmic beings don't, of course, yeah. um, or breathe, interestingly, in the way that we do on Earth. Isn't that true, Richard? And because of That's that, true, it's yes. very difficult to communicate w with um, people on Earth. But in fact, of course, they did communicate uh, through Dr. George King. And I think um, you have some information about that that's very interesting, do you not? Yes, um, Indeed. Uh, well, uh, what all I know is that um, they, they had to try and remember to breathe when they took, because Dr. King, although he was a master of pranayama and breath control, uh, they, when they spoke through him, and this distinguishes them a little from the other the communicators as far as we know, they had to remember to breathe because they don't breathe. They don't need to breathe. And so, um, in fact, I heard, and this is in indirectly, that the BBC were very mystified when Dr. King took some tapes of Jupiterian transmissions as to how this could have been done because of the lack of breathing in some of them. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, um... Another thing that they do, they tell us, is that they, they can see both sides of the light spectrum. And that's an interesting statement from which I, I take it to mean the, the visible and the invisible light spectrum. And it's interesting, you know, I, I came across some research which actually I published in, in my book UFOs and the Extra Terrestrial Message about the electromagnetic spectrum, which includes uh, gamma rays, X-rays, ultraviolet radiation. The, and this is just terrestrial science as we have it at the moment. It's bound to change. Know, the visible spectrum, infrared, and so on, radio waves, the whole spectrum. And it, it, they found that if you imagine the electromagnetic spectrum as a reel of film 2,500 miles along, the portion that most people can see, unless they're highly sensitive, is approximately two frames, which is two inches. 
Oh, That's goodness. two inches out of 2,500 miles, oh, which would be the goodness. full electromagnetic spectrum. We're so, so limited. That's a, <laughs> that's a scientific um, some research which was done, I'd say, about seven years ago, or eight, six or seven years ago now. It could have moved on since then. But uh, it, when they said this would be in the 1950s through Dr. King, um, they can obviously see colors way beyond our conception of color. Yes, yeah. It, it's amazing, and, isn't it? That we, we, we really are... This, the life is so exciting and such an adventure, and we really only have discovered such a small fraction on this earth. There's so much more mm-hmm. for us to uh, learn, to appreciate, and to um, reach towards, reach up, to rise up towards um, mm. when you say things like that. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, and another thing that I, I was thinking about, you and I were discussing this, you know, how these energies work, color, music, perfume, what mm. exactly they are, and it reminded me of a book which actually Dr. King recommended, which I had the opportunity to discuss with him at length one, one evening, which is called Nature's Finer Forces by Rama Prasad. It's, a, it's an old theosophical book. It's pretty well out of print now, so you can sometimes get hold of it. But it, it's based on a Sanskrit text, and the Sanskrit text is about the tattvas, which are the qualities of the five pranas, if you like. Uh, there are five major pranas, five minor pranas, five elements, um, and five ethers, if you like. Well, no, that's wrong. There aren't five ethers, but there are five energies, if you like, contained within the ether. And these uh, five tattvas, according to this ancient text, each have a physical sense attached to them. So, for example, akasha, which is the etheric um, tattva, is connected to sound. Vayu is connected to touch. Tejas is connected to color. Apas is connected to taste. And Prithivi is connected to smell. So it may be that they're using, in some obviously much more advanced way, the equivalent, whatever that equivalent is, Mm. of Tatfas, you know, using direct energy, getting to the very source of the quality of the energy and then manifesting as a sound, color, and smell in their case, those three, uh, and sometimes combining them together. Mm, very interesting. It's it, a vast it, metaphysical that, subject in itself, that. Yes, and they're able to, mag- to manipulate these um, energies, too, that they mention in the on the planet Jupiter and life on the planets that to form a symphonic balance in our musical poems now that's food for thought isn't it we manipulate magnetic energies which are transformed into sound and this blending of sound forms together a beautiful symphony that we can hear and also see Mm. it's fantastic and And I love that whole concept Mm, wonderful sorry please go on no it's wonderfully um sort of elevating to think that this is something that they do. They form a, they create these wonderful musical poems. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And, 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 of course, as I said earlier, they have stated, and I'll give the exact quote, an appreciable percentage of the greatest musical compositions upon the planet Earth came as a direct result of inspiration from our planet. And I think our last broadcast uh, on Aetherius Radio Live, Chrissy, we were talking about avatars and gods who came to Earth, were we not? 
And we were going yeah. through a number of those, Sankaracharya, uh, Patanjali, Master Jesus, and several others. And, and then we had a lecture here on it as well, and in Glastonbury. Um, but one, pers- one person, it may be, and I don't know this, I want to stress this, that among the great composers of history, there may be at least one avatar. There might be more, or there might not, and there might be none. I don't know for a fact. But what interested me, uh, Chrissy, was that in a particular transmission, and I've gone to the source of this and actually heard it recently to double-check this, um, Mars Sector 6 gave a transmission in which he mentioned some honours that had been bestowed from a cosmic source on uh, certain advanced people on this Earth, the adepts who we've mentioned before, and so on. And one of these, of course, as we know, is the greatest master bar none on Earth, namely the Lord Babaji. And one of the several offers that the Lord Babaji received at this time, honours, I should say, was, was called the Grieg Medal of Honour Supplemented for Humanities. Now, I don't know whether that Grieg, and there are other honours have under other names, but I don't know whether that Grieg is the Grieg who lived in Norway at the latter part of the 19th century in the turn of the 20th century. But it wouldn't amaze me if it was. I've looked into his life somewhat and found that unlike several of the composers, uh, he was an extremely stable, balanced, goodly, cultured, uh, sensitive, decent, more than decent human being with uh, a very balanced, sensible view of spirituality, uh, which, of course, in those days you didn't easily have access to. For example, he did believe in Christianity, but he didn't accept, for example, all of the Trinity and certain other things. And uh, I would say it's quite possible, in fact, it's only my opinion this, I would tend to believe that that's referring to Grieg. And if it is referring to Grieg, then he would be one of those avatars. Oh, that's quite a revelation, Richard. Yes, I can't make it, I want to stress this as a definite statement of fact, but I think if you put two and two together, it's very, very interesting. It's certainly worth research. I'm sure people are Googling now to to listen to uh, Grieg's piano concerto and read about it. Yeah, well, Greek piano concerto. I mean, and one thing I notice, I mean, there are, you know, there are a number of great piano concertos out there of which Grieg's is always thought of as one. The fact that certain people don't possibly rate Grieg, although he's always in pretty well in the top ten of composers, but they may not rate him as highly as certain others, doesn't mean that he isn't, of course, number one. And number two, we don't know what what he also was doing. I mean, he spent a lot of time playing the piano in a a sort of hut uh, not far from the Norwegian fjords, a wonderful spot, a very significant spot, I would have thought. Um, And In fact, I'm going there later this year to speak about Dr. George King Cosmic Avatar at a UFO convention, as it happens. Um, but he 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 might have been. I mean, it's very revealing. I mean, one of the uh, revelations made in Theosophy by Cyril Scott actually mm. is that a lot of the composer's greatest work was never written down. It was purely poured out into the ethers as I don't know whether he used this word, but he could have done as energy. Mm. And so we don't know if that's you know the works that we have of Grieg are all the sum total of what he was here to do. 
Um, and of course, if he was, I want to stress that, if he was a cosmic avatar, it would be quite probable that he might come from Jupiter, I would suggest. Very interesting thought, yes. Certainly worthy mm. of some research and study. And I suppose yes, he was, I just throw he that was um, holding a certain uh, balance or ho- holding the light in a certain way in that area, perhaps necessary or maybe and maybe many other reasons impregnating the world Mm. yeah impregnating the world with energies which is the sort of hallmark it seems of the jupiterian um, way their expression of life and it's also the energy of of inspiration is is it not Um, it is and culture there's a wonderful reference to culture you know but inspirational culture as you say not intellectual culture and some people's idea of inspiration is actually a detunement, so-called inspiration, in culture. Uh, quite the opposite, a raising, always raising people up to their real potential. So Richard, um, is this a good time, do you think, to have a break before going into the transmission? Probably would. Yeah, that's a very mm. good suggestion. I, uh, that's a good idea, yes. And then we could start with our first uh, transmission from Jupiter that was published in Cosmic Voice, volume number two, and was actually delivered as early as the 11th of November, 1956. Right. So we'll hand over now to Courtney, who will make the announcements. Thank you very much, Courtney. Thank you, guys. Upcoming events include on Sunday, May 24th, from 2 to 5 p.m., a prayer energy workshop with Mark Bennett. The cost is 25 pounds. On Tuesday, June 9th at 7 p.m., what are extraterrestrials really like? And this will be a lecture with Mark Bennett, and the cost is $5. Both of these events will be held at the Aetherius Temple in Fulham, London, for the address and booking info, please visit org. And in Michigan, a class will be held, Manifesting Your God Potential, with Dave Caprero on Sunday, May 31st from 2 to 5 p.m. The cost is $15, and it will be held at the Ethereum Society here in Michigan in Royal Oak. For more information, please visit org. For more information about any world events, please visit Aetherius.org. And to connect personally with Richard Lawrence or Chrissy Blaze, please visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk or www.chrissyblaze.com. And now back to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. Hello, Richard. Hi. So So, were you going to do us the honor, as you often do, of (laughs) reading... The first of these? What will we do? Go paragraph by paragraph, shall we? Thank you very much. The first one, it was part of a series of of, uh, transmissions given through Dr. George King on November the 4th, 1956, as Richard said. And it was a series of transmissions, the first one by Marsic to Six, with the title Cooperation and Coordination. The next one was given by the Master Aetherius, a tremendous feat, by the way, of of Dr. George King of of mediumship, Mm. was it not? And then another yes. one by Mars Sector Six, and then um, there were many, and then one by Ju- from Jupiter Nine Two, and after that there were more transmissions, one after the other after the other. It was an incredible feat. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're going to focus on this one, and, and um, I will begin by reading it, paragraph by paragraph. Mm. 
This is Jupiter, Sector 9-2. We, too, have been very interested in your planet and have visited it many times before and intend to visit it many times in the future. The message, messages you have received tonight indicate to you beyond any doubt that we have the interest of your planet close to our hearts and will do anything within our power to help you to pull your planet back into the realms of light from which it fell. Isn't that wonderful? It goes to show yes. that uh, it's interesting that the, 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 the Jupiterians have visited us many times and will visit yes. us many times in the future and they really have our interests at heart. And to say they'll do anything within their power to help us, well, these are the kind of beings that we're, we're, we're talking about today. Fantastic and very, mm. very hopeful and so positive and encouraging and inspiring that they will visit us many times in the future too. Mm -hmm. um, and probably, perhaps, are, there are some here already. Who knows? Who knows? Your planet is known as the dark planet of the present solar system. It has made this name for itself because, indeed, have the wars and hate actions spread their fingers of death upon the surface of your planet. What can you say? Yes, so we are known as the dark planet. Yes, that's no surprise, is it? No, no, it's not. And we can change it, though, all of us. But yeah. That's where we are. Arise, mm -hmm. O Earth, away from the terrible things that you at present contemplate. Open your eyes, O Earth, and look into the face of God, not at the bottom of a devil. Come forward, can I, O Earth. Can I just... Oh, sorry. sure. I'm just going to just mention that um, on my what I'm receiving here, you're slightly, very slightly breaking up on the phone, but I, as long as it's going out clearly... Uh, with Courtney, that's fine. It's not a problem. Okay, Courtney? Is, uh, how's the sound? I hear it slightly. You're, you're coming through clear. Okay, I'm thank sorry, you very you much. Sorry to interrupt that then. That's fine. So open okay. your eyes, O earth, and look into the face of God, not at the bottom of a devil. As you said earlier, Chrissy, they don't mince words at all, even though they're wonderfully gracious. It's also absolutely has the hallmark of honesty about it. Yeah, yeah. Come forward, O Earth, into the realms of beauty, out of the fires of war. Uh, and when you see it like that, you think, why wouldn't we? You know. <laughs> yeah, mean, it's crazy. It, it's, it's, as I said earlier, it's just, they they're looking upon us as totally insane. Is what comes over to me, and just ridiculous. You know, it's not that they're sort of judging us harshly per se, although they've got every right to, but they just can't see why anyone would behave the way we do. The other thing that comes over to me, Chrissy, is that um, what they're stressing us, urging us to do is have a different vision, if you like, a different mental outlook. And if we have that different mental outlook, if we're, if we're thinking beauty and we're not thinking war, then it won't manifest. Mm, very interesting. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, shall I continue? Please do. I personally have traveled onto many planets and seen the results of many wars. These pictures have been hideous.
beyond my wildest explanations, as indeed will the picture soon to be shot on earth be so hideous that it cannot fully be described. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a very, very telling words uh, that we're hearing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I don't think we can add anything to that. I mean, you know, this, this is a being who must have seen horrors beyond our comprehension and tell, is telling us. And this is 1956, of course, when atomic experimentation wasn't, governments hadn't realized or didn't seem to realize and but were behaving as though it wasn't nearly as dangerous. They, were, hey, they still are irresponsible, but they were had no concept, it seems, then, certain governments of the dangers and the, and the, the moves they were making. Uh, it wasn't too far, after all, after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Absolutely, yes. Good point. And, but they give us uh, the advice, the way out of this, and yeah. uh, the message is, stop it, O Earth. Arise, O Earth. We will help you to do this if you stay your hands now. Your holy works tell you that a few right-thinking people have great power. This is so. O right-thinking people, sacrifice all for your planet. You will then make yourself fit to come to us for spiritual nourishment. This is Jupiter calling to the people of Earth. It's an appeal, and that, this is what I get from all the Jupiterian transmission. They're appealing to us, constantly appealing, urging. You know, it's not even advising. It's stronger than that. It's passionate. Mm-hmm. It's a passionate mm-hmm. appeal that they give. And it's also encouraging. So he'll, they'll tell us about the darkness, and they'll be very honest, very blunt about that. And I love this sentence, by the way. Stop it, O Earth. I mean, yeah. like children, stop it. Yeah. And that's a, fair enough, and that's really all that should needs to be said. Just stop. Uh, but yeah. then giving us that encouragement, you know, few right-thinking people have great power. And then this incredible statement, you know, that if we sacrifice all, then we'll make our fits, ourselves fit to come to them for spiritual nourishment. It's uncompromising, at the same time yeah. very encouraging. So it's a it promise really is, there. Yeah. If we if we do sacrifice us all, all rather, they will nourish us, the Jupiterians. Right, right. Mm. It's all everything's there that we need, really. Um, yes. It, it's wonderful. It, it, it's an appeal to the heart and the soul. I, I find that very, very moving. Very moving. Um, it's very moving. Should we go on to the next so, one, Chrissy? Yes. Uh, this one. Of um, our four. And I think you have the date of that one, which I don't. Yes, this one is the 20th of February, 1957. So just a few months, about three months or so, after the other one. Yes, and this was uh, uh, part of a a series, again, uh, led in by uh, the first part, anyway, of this series was Mars Sector 6 uh, on the subject of Give Praise. And the second part was Jupiter Sector 9-2, which I'm going to read. This is Jupiter calling to the people of Earth. Rise, O Earth, into the realms of light. Rise, O Earth, into the realms of light. Rise, O brothers, into the realms of everlasting light, so that you may become one with those intelligences who visualize your advancement. 
Yes, I think the word rise could be the word that is used most by Jupiter Sector 92. Yes. And it has so many meanings. It even has a, you know, a Kundalini meaning. I mean, that's what we're here to do. Uh, to rise, to rise our consciousness, to, to just to raise the energies within us, to rise up. And there's a promise there, too, that we can become one with those intelligences who visualize our advancement. In other, And you, again, it's if we're, if we're doing that, we are one with their thoughts, so we become one with them. Oh, very interesting. Mm. Yeah, there's so much. I think I might actually put the word rise above my computer because this, it's... Uh, mm. It says, it says it all, really, doesn't it? One word. It says it all, doesn't it? Rise. Yes. <laughs> Rise. That's what we all need to do at all times. Yeah. Um, I'll continue. This is Jupiter calling to the people of Earth. Rise, O oh brothers of Earth, out of the prisons you are fabricating for yourselves at this very moment. Take habitation in the realms of light, O oh brothers of Earth. Grasp this opportunity for it has been offered to you from the very realms of divinity. Realize your hidden potential, O earth, and live in that heaven which is the possibility of all of you. Wonderful. Yes, and I, I love that phrase, realize your hidden potential. Um, because yes. when Dr. King and I were discussing the title for the last book that he um, approved in his lifetime to be written, which is Realize Your Inner Potential. We had another title on the down, which was Manifest Your Inner Potential, but he wanted it to be Realize Your Inner Potential. And that's very nearly a quote, as it turns out, we, from Jupiter Sector 9-2, which is Realize Your Hidden Potential, which, of course, has a, another meaning, of course, which is it, it is inner, but it is also hidden, of course. But again, I think here it's it's a stress on on the sort of the mentality all the time. It's, it's appealing to us to break free from our our mentality and change our mentality. The prisons you're fabricating for yourselves are mental prisons. And then this wonderful yeah. phrase: take habitation in the realms of light. Yes, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 basically detached from materialism. Their whole concept. And it's all in, 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 in thought and spirituality. And it's so all-embracing because people may say, how do I rise? But you can take any wonderful spiritual text, um, the mm -hmm. Vedas or the Ethereum Society or whichever spiritual text you want, and it will help you to rise. And then, uh, Absolutely. Course, uh, you know, this is it. They don't have – it's very un undogmatic, their teaching, isn't it? It's very um, mm. liberating. I find it very liberating. And, of course, it comes back to their main focus, which is energy. You know, the energy, energy. of music, the energy of color, the energy of perfume. These are direct um, sensitizations. You know, so often in, in, say, yoga philosophy and even in the Orient, in Taoist meditation and so on there's a focus just on the stillness aspect the calmness mm. aspect uh, the being at peace but not a focus on the sensitization aspect you know if you just um you were in fact uh, mark was saying to me today mark bennett who i mentioned you know that if you if you just left milk milk is is a sattvic uh drink but and food but if you left it long enough it would curdle 
And there's this old thing I've often heard about, if you leave water, if you leave a pond long enough, still it'll become stagnant. So they're on the move. They're they're not just being still, although stillness is essential, of course, and we know the Saturnians themselves are capable of incredible stillness, but they're on the move. They're trying to raise consciousness, sensitize, energize, lift up all the time. That's an essential aspect, sometimes neglected, of, of meditative, true meditative practice. Absolutely. It's very, very good points there, Richard. And I, I think it's so true because you, you mentioned that it's energy because when you read and contemplate on these transmissions, you, you kind of feel the energy pushing you <laughs> or inspiring you yeah. upwards, don't you? It's, it's very, mm-hmm. as you you say, it's very energetic. It's very energy-oriented. Yes. And if you go back to the Kundalini again, which is the root of, of, of all development, whether people are, are aware of it or not, of course, it activates a, a psychic center in its entirety first before it becomes still or, if you like, closed, and then it moves up to the next one. And then it activates mm. that in its entirety, in its all movement, all expression, all awareness, all life. And then that has, then that's closed, and that becomes still, and it moves up and up and up and so on. So it's a constant movement of of higher and higher consciousness, uh, you know, with control being brought in, of course, at each stage. Absolutely. So uh, the last part of this transmission, I'll just read the last paragraph, Richard. Um, mm. We look we look at the troubled surface of your earth with trepidation in our hearts. Rise up, O earth. Rise, O earth. Rise, O sweet brothers, and the very heaven visualized by our greatest masters awaits your habitation. There are the gates in front of you. Enter them. Turn away from war, O brothers of earth, for no weapons will provide the key to these gates. Rise, O brothers of earth. That's brilliant. Again, we have another reference there to habitation, don't we? The, habita- the oh, yeah. heaven, uh, inhabiting the very heaven, visualized by our greatest masters. Of course, their greatest masters, um, they have adepts on what they call adepts on Jupiter, from whom they learn, who initiate them in their temples. Um, and those adepts themselves go and learn from the Saturnians, who are even more advanced right. than they are. So... Goodness knows what their visualizations uh-huh. of heaven might be. Yes, yes. But we're told to rise there, that we can go there. It's very, very hopeful yeah, it's and very incredible promise. Mm, mm. Well, that concludes Wonderful. our second uh, transmission. And it's interesting, this this these teaching transmissions from Jupiter Sector 92, uh, three of the, these three anyway, the first three, all came within a very short space of each other because the next one that uh, you're kindly going to read for us, Chrissy, was April the 13th, 1957. So still only just oh, a few yes. months between the first, second, and then the third. Yes. Um, can I just... Pr- uh, uh, say something before I read this. That after please, this please, please. Was given, yes, after this the transmission was given by Jupiter Sector 9-2, there was a transmission from Mars Sector 6 when 
he refers to um, something that you talked about earlier when the mental channel, that's Dr. George King, had very little chance to breathe inwards. Um, mm. That was referred to. And he says, this right. in itself, oh, skeptics, should prove interesting. Um, mm, that's interesting. Mm. So imagine this this transmission being given and the, the communicator, the, the medium, Dr. George King, just didn't really breathe. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. incredible. Mm. Uh, incredible. Well, listen to the transmission and imagine that. Uh, feet, really, fantastic feet. Mm. Mm. So th- this is Jupiter Sector 9-2. Rise, O Earth. Rise, O Earth. Rise, O sweet brothers of Earth, into light. Gaze not, O my brothers, upon your self-imposed limitations, but rise above them. Yeah, that's a common Jupiterian theme there, isn't it, Chrissy? Um, And again, you know, where is our vision? Where is our visualization? What are we looking at? Are we looking at what, you know, we are or what we can really be, which is possibly, well, not possibly, is definitely closer to reality than what we are now. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people, there's a kind of a trend now to look closely at your faults and weaknesses so that you can overcome Mm -hmm. them. But in fact, Mm. uh, this is the way, gaze not on your self-imposed limitations, but rise above them. Much more dynamic Mm -hmm. approach, right? Yeah, true. You have roughly the same shaped bodies as we have. That's very interesting. Mm. Almost the same cellular structure as we have. The same mental potentialities as we have. Yet you wait. You wait. You wait. Before you bring your potential into active manifestation. Oh, brothers of earth, would you dangle your foot in a bath of acid and watch the acid reduce it to pulp? No, you would not. Yet, dear brothers, you would do worse than this with your own heart. I think we should pause there, Chrissy. Yes, I will. Because I think, sorry, but I think that's one of the great aphorisms um, of all time, actually. Would you dangle your foot in a bath of acid and watch the acid reduce it to pulp? No, you would not. Yet, dear brothers, you would do worse than this with your own hearts. I mean, I think it says it all. It's another example of where they just, as though they're sort of not quite scratching their heads. It's much more passionate than that. But just, it absolutely is absurd the way we carry on. Just as absurd as it would be to dangle one's own foot in a bath of acid, what we're doing is even worse. I think it really does bring it home, that uh, that wonderful quote there. It really does. Yeah, it really does. I'll continue. Um, Rise, O earth, into glory. Rise, O earth, into glory. Rise, O earth, into glory. This is Jupiter calling to the people of earth to make a united effort to save themselves from destruction, from calamity, from mutation, from terrible disease. Calling to the people of earth to rise into the realms of glorious light, into the wonderful citadel fashioned by the divine creator. 
that is your end, O earth. Grasp it, grasp it, O earth. Rise, O earth, rise, O earth. Rise, O earth, into glory. Now, what I, I'm sort of noticing, Chrissy, in this beautiful transmission, thank you for reading it so beautifully, is, is a, and in all of them actually, so far, is a real balance is in the sense that you'll have a very, very stark and extremely honest you know, statement about the human condition and how we live on this earth, with no holds barred really, tempered with compassion, certainly, tremendous love, but not really holding back at all. And then it'll be followed by the something incredibly positive. So, you know, and, yeah. and this appeal to rise up and telling us what we can be and where where we can go. It in that sense, it's a little bit like, in a way, a piece of music where you get you know a mm-hmm. soft uh, passage followed by a, a, a rising to a climax in in if you like in the finale. Well, that's so interesting, and I know you, we were talking earlier about uh, the Greek piano concerto, and you were saying how you get that feeling, and I don't think you said it better than that, but when you listen to it, and I, I think it's worth people going to YouTube and listening to it if you haven't heard it for a while, because it does seem mm-hmm. to kind of raise you up, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I I can hear that in a number of of compositions actually, of var- from various uh, composers. Mm-hmm. You know, Wagner would certainly be another, and the, you know, I'm sure that some of the Russians might be another, and some of the uh, you know operas from Italy might be another. I mean, where the music is is kind of building, swelling, growing, mm. rising. Mm. Whether that's the, you know, it has a passage and then it rises up and then another passage and it all builds and builds and builds. Some might see this in Elgar. I mean, it, it, whether this is the Jupiterian energy, it might well be. I, I mm. can sort of certainly sense that and I'm sure others can. You wouldn't have to be a music scholar to sense that at all. Mm. You can feel it, right? Mm. And and we're sort of taken down really to the depths with these transmissions, you know, dangling our hearts in a, you know, or our feet, but also our hearts in acid, really, and, and watching the results. I mean, it kind of takes you really, really down, and then suddenly you're kind of risen up to the heights, you know, all within a few yes. sentences. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's this tremendous balance. Uh, it's something I think one can also experience in prayer, which they are really encouraging us to do. Praise God! Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I had a thought. I when when we were preparing for this, I did a sort of a meditation on, um, as best I could, on the Jupiterian message, and especially the Jupiter 92 message. And I had these this thought, which was very simple, which is instill the heartbeat of God in the pulse of humanity and it's like (laughs) so it just came to me as i was you know meditating on this and it's it seemed to me it captured the essence of this realization of our god potential not being a theory but being something that exists and they manifest it through their energies Mm, and we can really bring it right into our being and express it as a living thing, a living force. Uh, so, you know, we're being confronted with the 
insanity of our world, war and the ridiculous visions and thought patterns that people have at all levels, but certainly including the politicians of this earth. They don't have politicians as we know it on Jupiter at all. Um, and then told how we, what we can be by rising up, impregnating ourselves with these, these energies and virtually instilling, as I, as I saw it anyway, the heartbeat of God into our very pulse. Wonderful. So that, what is that again, so Richard? Instill the heartbeat of God. Instill the heartbeat of God in the pulse of humanity. That was just the thought that came to me. No, that's beautiful. Um, that's absolutely wonderful. It's mm. as though it's, you know, it's not, as I said right at the beginning, their essence is expression. It's not inactivity. It's not even just bathing in divinity. It's expressing divinity, which puts it in a different category, if you like, from some of the Eastern meditative writings mm. where the goal is oneness for oneself, as it were. It's a, it's a contradiction in a way in terms, but you know, to, to get into that spot of bathing in the light of divinity and experiencing it and knowing it and realizing it, but they are uh, yet at another level. They want to express it, uh, and they bring about their own advancement through ex service, through expressing and controlling love and expressing and controlling these energies at every level. Mm. So it's very dynamic teaching is it's wonderful. Yes, I mean, in, in, in the um, Life on the Planets, which, uh, again, was given at a very similar period. It was given in March 57. So all of these transmissions from Jupiter, there's another one which we'll have to come on to, I think, in our next uh, program, actually, which is a, in some ways possibly even the greatest of them all that was given some years later. Um, it, well, I don't know whether you could say greater than the, the Life on the Planets one, but it, as a teaching transmission, uh, it's absolutely outstanding. We'll come on to that next month but certainly uh, in life on the planets there's a statement in there where he says you know uh, we must control emotion must be controlled love must be controlled hate must be controlled greed must be controlled control these and rise control these and rise and it's these are the way he says it's through real love through real devotion through real selfless service this is how they on jupiter control the inside elements and the outside elements. Mm, fantastic. The very active path, if you like, that they're talking about. Absolutely. It's very active, energetic, as you say. Um, can I just say, for, for listeners uh, who love these transmissions, um, we can, you can actually purchase them in the books Wisdom of the Planets and Cosmic yes. Voice, Volume 2, which are um, on the website, I believe, ethereus.org. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, we're, we are coming to the end of this uh, particular month, but program, I should say, this month. But one, of course, one of the things they do, uh, they have done, is, is as well as sending these energies to to our world, they've they've sent, they've tried to inspire culture, or not tried to, and they undoubtedly will have done. And uh, if you like a beneficence, uh, a, what they call a subtle beneficence uh, throughout the world, and it's they highly must be highly cultured. This is why yeah. they are, you know, the the reception centre, the place that ambassadors go, and and who wouldn't yeah. go? They must be the most wonderful people yeah. to be met <laughs> by, greeted by, and they and, and sensitised by. 
Yes. Yes. And the more energy from Jupiter that we can get through our dull membranes, the better, I would suggest. Absolutely. So does and, that bring us really to the end of, of, uh, of, of this month? Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Next month, we were going to start on the divine perfection of Saturn. And um, I, I think we will be able to, to make a start with that. Um, but we do have one more fantastic transmission from uh, Jupiter, which uh, we would be wrong to, to miss. So we'll, we'll start with that next month, I suggest, Chrissy, and then move on to yeah. our main topic which is the divine perfection of Saturn sounds like a great idea so um, we'll well thank you so much Richard that's such an inspiring show to talk about this uh, planet Jupiter and Jupiter 9 too and it's something we haven't really done before so I think this is a first isn't it I think it is Uh, and it's about time too I suppose really yes so um I think now if we could hand over to Courtney, who will give the announcements, because there are some good lectures and classes coming up. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You have been listening to Aetherius Radio Live. Aetherius Radio Live is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can connect with the Aetherius Society by going to www.aetherius.org, and you can find more information about the events uh, mentioned earlier in the show. You can connect personally with Richard Lawrence by visiting his website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk, and you can connect with Chrissy Blaze by visiting her website at www.chrissyblaze.com. We want to thank everybody for joining us today and listening, and we want to wish you a wonderful rest of the month. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.